Hello and welcome to the latest edition of China Inc. by Bamboo, where we discuss the latest business and financial news from China and what it all means. I'm Doug Young, Bamboo Works editor in chief, and I'm joined today by Renee Vangusky, one of our founding partners, who's also a longtime China watcher and former investment banker. Today we'll look at a couple of stories that touch on how some foreign businesses feel China is becoming uninvestable. To uh, quote a controversial remark by U.S. Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo a few weeks ago, one of those involves the controversial subject of cross-border data transfers, while the other centers on another Western executive who's been prevented from leaving the country. We'll start with the Western executive named Michael Chan, who's a Hong Kong-based managing director from the U.S. risk advisory firm Kroll. Chan informed his employer he's been barred from leaving China to assist in an investigation, though he's still allowed to move freely about the country and works from the company's China offices. This comes after Chinese officials raided offices from U.S. consultants Mintz Group and Bain earlier this year. So、uh, we should note that no employees of any of these three companies was ever actually arrested, at least not that we know of. Instead, these cases all seem to be related to other cases of suspected corruption or sensitive data leaks. Still, it can't be too reassuring for workers at this kind of Western consulting firm. So, Renee, if if you were advising some of these companies, how would you suggest they try to mitigate this type of risk? Well, look, <laughs> the easy answer is stay out. <laughs> okay.、Um, Because、um, you know a lot of、uh, a lot of those issues that today are affecting foreign companies in China and and you know sometimes、uh, Chinese companies、um, are one、uh, completely unpredictable.、Um, two,、um, there's you know an absolute、uh, lack of transparency. The whole processes are opaque at best.、Mm. So、um, how do you know, and、uh, how do you know the risk? You know,、um, some people will say, "Well, you know, China is okay. You know, a big boy. I understand the risks, and I can、uh, control the risks or manage the risks.、Uh, that's my specialty.、Hmm. And if you can do that, then you'll be fine." The problem is that it's impossible to. Understand the risks that may be there tomorrow morning, as we have seen again and again、uh, in China over the past three years in terms of regulatory action.、Uh, you know, I'm sure that a lot of people who were,、um, you know, building education companies and who obviously were Chinese entrepreneurs were convinced they understood China, they understood the regulatory environment, they knew where they what they were doing and where. It was all going,、hmm. uh, and then you throw that on top, you know, to the、uh, internet sector, and before that it was the gaming sector,、uh, and then、uh, then it started to spill into other sectors. So、um, that's that's the most difficult thing. Here, here's the thing: when you know, if if you're a Western company and you're producing and selling goods. Um, especially, I would say consumer goods in general, right?、Um, that's relatively easy. You go to China, you set up legal entities, you hire people, you push your goods through that. Unless there's a problem with the good, either politically speaking or safety 
quality of good and so on. That's a relatively smooth process. Once you start going away from that and you go into uh, particularly, you know, services such as what I would call overall intelligence, that is a completely gray area. I mean, how do you go about setting a business in China that does that? The first thing is typically as a foreign entrepreneur investors, whether you're just one person or, or a corporate entity, you're going to want to go there and go there with your own people. And inevitably, it will imply foreign citizens going to China. Um, the alternative to that is to hire local uh, managers. Uh, but then the issue becomes very quickly, how do you know who you can trust? Um, and then you have this other uh, peculiar uh, aspect of corporate life in China, which is called the chop. And if you hold the chop, you basically hold power. If you don't hold the chop, you basically have no power. So if you're a foreign uh, investor, uh, again, you know, at least, uh, uh, you know, a company uh, who wants to do business there, uh, and you end up hiring local people because you don't want to expose global, uh, foreign citizens, then what happens if one of your local managers goes rogue under any particular circumstance, has the chop and refuses to give it away? Mm. Arm, the big uh, tech company, is a perfect example uh, of that, but there have been others as well. So, you know, it's um, if you look at the history, you go into a lot of risk. And, and it, it's, it's funny because, you know, companies like Kroll would typically tell you that uh, their purpose in life and their business is to manage risk and control risk. And they understand all of that <laughs> and they know how to do it. And, they... and then and then something happens and all of a sudden it looks like you didn't know what you were doing, all did right. you? Um, this, and then on top of that, you have this whole opacity to it. Now, yes, I mean, you know, he is free to move around China. The issue here is simply that he cannot leave the country. But uh, that's what it is today. Who knows what will happen next? Right. Uh, he's assisting an investigation. Okay, fine. But, you know, Bao Fan, the founder and CEO of China Renaissance, is also supposed to be assisting an investigation according to the information that is filtered into the public domain. And and he's been in confinement since I believe February this year. No, so and 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 there's no there's no transparency, there's no information, there's nothing. So, you know, how do you know? How do you know what the risk is really going to be? And therefore, how do you know to mitigate it, control it, or avoid it? Mm. Avoid it is simple. Stay out, right? right. Uh, mitigating it, understanding it correctly, I think these days is just about impossible. Because it's like, you know, you're playing soccer or a football game, and somebody's changing the goalpost all the time. Mm. Right. They're, they're, they're not telling you that they're changing it either. Right. Well, you find out after the fact. <laughs> right. Okay.
So, uh, Renee, so far as we know, none of these people so far have been have been charged with any crimes, uh, either Chinese nationals working for these foreign companies or, or the foreigners there. But that hasn't always been the case. I, I know I can recall at least one case in the past where a naturalized Australian who was born in China was charged with a crime. Uh, do you think there's the potential for criminal charges against any of these people at these foreign companies and and you know how big of a risk is that well you know i think there is always i mean it, it's unfortunate but I, I think there is always a chance for uh, any kind of criminal action depending on what you know even potentially you know haphazardly uh, an employee or a manager uh, who was working on a project for, uh, admittedly, a foreign company doing some research, got hold of some information that all of a sudden is viewed as, um, you know, as, as a state secret or whatever, mm. and, um, and could be, you know, criminally accused of uh, having past information that, uh, should not have left China or not been divulged at all, even publicly in China. Mm. Who knows? You know that's uh, that's the big that's the big uh, issue here. It's it's uncertainty. Uh, you don't know. You know, there's a lot of gray areas, um, and uh, and it could also just be that you know these raids were meant to scare people. Um, scare companies, scare businesses, scare individuals into being more careful going forward. Um, who knows? It's impossible to tell. Right. That's that's the whole point, right? Right. It is impossible to tell. So if if you're if you're running a business like that, where do you go going forward? What do you do? Right. I don't know. Maybe maybe just don't uh, come to China. Well, let's let's uh, look at the second issue, which is sort of related, uh, which is is data security. Um, and specifically, we're going to look at uh, cross-border data transfers. Now, China had previously laid down some pretty tough data transfer rules, basically requiring all foreign companies with any major scale in China to apply for license before they could export their China-related data. But uh, now it seems like after many companies complain, China actually did a backtrack and has proposed significantly reducing the number of companies that have to apply for such permission, which means that uh, most of these companies can continue their old practices without interruption. So most observers are calling these new draft rules a, a big victory for foreign companies that were increasingly worried about falling afoul of cybersecurity regulators. Can you first explain for us why all the concern and, and why companies doing business in China would even want to transfer their China-related data overseas in the first place? Well, I mean, look, if, if you're a foreign company uh, investing in China, um, setting up business in China, growing um, your business, growing a company and so on, uh, and uh, you're whatever, a U.S. company, a Japanese, a European company, whatever it is, uh, and you're obviously accountable to your shareholders at the end of the day, but I mean, even as management, how do you run a business without data? Hmm. Well, but do you need you to just can't. ship it abroad, I guess, is the, the big issue, right? 
Well, I mean, look, all of those companies are obviously headquartered outside of China. That's where ultimate control mm. is actually located, whether it's financial controls, operational controls, management control, or whatever. Mm -hmm. So that is where you need to have a complete understanding of every aspect of your business around the world, mm -hmm. right? Now, the issue, obviously, is the nature of the information. Uh, you know, um, there are all kinds of data that companies want at the center, right? It's obviously financial data because they need to understand exactly, you know, how the company is performing. There's marketing data. Uh, where, you know, people try to understand future demand for certain products and so on and so on compared to products that are not, uh, you know, very popular anymore. Hmm. Uh, so, you know, I don't know, I don't know what companies were going to be prevented from moving in terms of data, but uh, definitely financial data is essential. It's important no matter which company you are and what nationality you are as a company. You need to be able to control your business, period. Right. <laughs> uh, and, you know, we've seen, we've seen something similar with, you know, Chinese publicly traded companies in the U.S. and, and outside the U.S. as well. Uh, obviously, you know, uh, nobody was totally satisfied with the audit work, for instance, or the audit results or whatever. And that's why... At the end of the day, American uh, regulators uh, required the ability to have access to the actual data. Unless mm -hmm. and, and until you have that, you have no clear understanding of what is going on and you have no control over the business mm. at all. Okay. Well, so, I mean, uh, now that we sort of established the importance of having data, I mean, for this this sort of backtracking I just mentioned, do you think from a broader perspective, it shows that China is finally listening to foreign businesses and, you know, might start easing some of the regulatory tightening for data security? Or, or do you think this is just a one-off and the tightening is going to continue? Um, I guess, you know, one-off, temporary reprieve, um, whatever. Um, who knows? Um, the, <laughs> like uh, everything else in China. Yeah, like everything else. I mean, you know, I know I keep saying that, but, you know, that is the reality. I mean, who knows what the true motivation is uh, and what will happen next? I haven't seen uh, the text of it, but, uh, you know, you have, obviously, and you also wrote uh, earlier today uh, or during the weekend about this mm. uh, and saying, among other things, that... Um, like they won't have to apply. They could. Reasons. They could be requested to do that, which is, you know, uh, ask for permission. If regulators independently determine their data is important enough, mm. what does that mean? <laughs> uh, and that's, you know, that is that is always part of the problem. Is that uh, these things change over time, depending on what regulators think today and what they will think they may think differently tomorrow or some of them may think differently tomorrow while some of them have not changed their position hmm. there's there's this complete lack of transparency that makes it extremely difficult for people for companies to you know function very efficiently very effectively mm -hmm. in in the western world government 
decide um, to do something. And they will tell people what they're thinking about doing. Uh, and then there's a whole process that will take place. And eventually, after a long, long time, where people have an opportunity to comment, react, uh, ask questions, get clarification, and so on, a law will be passed uh, by Congress and eventually ratified by the president. And, and first of all, that's a very long process. So everybody has an opportunity to understand what's going on. Uh, everybody has an opportunity to seek clarification. At the end of the process, thanks, I mean, to the help, among other things, of legions of lawyers in the US, but that's a different issue, hmm. pretty much everybody will understand what is going to go on going forward. Hmm. Right. Not going backwards, not yesterday evening, from the moment that the law becomes effective. And it's typically very clear. So you know exactly where you're going. If the law says you cannot do this, you cannot do this. If the law doesn't say you cannot do it, you can do it. Right? Here, you're dealing with a totally different environment, right. which is subject to change, um, you know, on a moment's notice, which can apply retroactively um, and uh, and that's you know that's what you're dealing with right so they're relaxing right now fine that's good so I'm sure a lot of companies will be happy about that what will the situation be in a year from now in six months from now nobody knows mm -hmm. let's wrap things up there um, thanks everybody for joining us this week in our next program we'll look at a controversial China back plant being built to make EV batteries for Ford in the U.S. And we'll also look at one of China's leading pet specialists that's delisting from the NYSE after a, quote, rough three years, so to speak. If you like what you hear, please tell your friends about us and rate us and share us on your favorite podcast app. Meantime, hope to see everybody uh, next week. Goodbye for now. Goodbye. Thank you all.